This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. I am Brittany, here on my own this week. Amanda wasn't able to record, but we still wanted to bring you guys an awesome story. No hump day treat this week, uh, but we'll be back at it just like normal next week. I went back into the emails from the listener episodes, and there was one that I just couldn't wait to share with you guys. This email came from Nicole Kay from Virginia, and she wrote... Hey, spooky ladies. I've been meaning to send this in. I hope I'm not too late. This year, I'm contributing my local urban legend, The Bunny Man and Bunny Man Bridge. This urban legend was relatively obscure and not well known outside of the local area, which is Fairfax Station, Virginia and surrounding parts, until recently. Now the legend has been picked up by several streaming services and there is a local brewing company Bunny Man Brewing, which has helped to popularize the story. Anyway, this is my personal experience with the legend. The Bunny Man Bridge is a real bridge in Fairfax Station, Virginia, literally right down the street from the house where I grew up. The story goes that the Bunny Man is a deranged lunatic who escaped from an asylum for the criminally insane. He lives in the woods of Clifton and Fairfax Station, hunting and killing rabbits for food and wearing their skins as clothing. Every Halloween, the Bunny Man goes on a murderous rampage, killing trespassers and hanging their skinned corpses from the bridge. I've been to the bridge a couple of times, and though it looks innocuous enough in the daytime, it is another level of creepy at night. There are no streetlights, nor lights of any kind to illuminate the area, and the bridge is adorned with graffiti and usually littered with the butts of joints and sometimes the odd beer can from local kids. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) It is a rite of passage to bring a friend to the bridge on Halloween night and tell them the story of the bunny man. It was a Halloween night back in the mid-90s when I was first regaled with the legend, and somebody had gone the extra mile that year by decorating the bridge's underpass with tableau of the bunny man legend in -in glow-in-the-dark paint. It may have also been due to the help of some Halloween treats I had consumed that night, but the effect of the eerily glowing bridge as I listened to the tale of the bunny man for the first time was so deeply creepy and unnerving that I remember it still, and I'm not one who is frightened of either the dark or the supernatural. Back then, the story was spread by word of mouth, but today it is well documented on the internet, and there has even been some investigative reporting done on the subject. I'm not including links because it's easy enough to find with a superficial Google search, but if you are ever in the woods of Clifton or Fairfax Station and you stumble across the skinned corpse of a rabbit... You should get the hell out of there as fast as possible because you are not far from the lair of the Bunny Man. Thanks for making a great show. I truly enjoy listening to you two every week. All the episodes and the posts are always entertaining, and I'm very jealous I don't get to eat the hump day treat you guys have. Have a happy Halloween and frightfully awesome spooky season. Love, Nicole Kay from Virginia. In another email, Nicole goes to say... um, I'd be thrilled if my little local urban legend made it on the pod. It's wild to me to see the various Bunny Man-inspired shows on Netflix and other streaming services. When I grew up, it seemed like very few people had even heard of it, 
and they all lived in the local area. I really think the Bunny Man Brewing Company had a big hand in spreading the story. I took a peek at their website, and it was started by a couple of guys in my age group, teens in the 90s, who grew up in my hometown, Burke, the 10th most boring place in Virginia, according to their website. What a cool coincidence. So I guess that makes the Bunny Man little old Burke's claim to fame, and probably the coolest thing about it. I can't vouch for the quality of beer since I haven't tried it, but people who have seem to like it. Thanks again for making an awesome show and for sharing my neighborhood urban legend. So thank you for your email, Nicole. And when I read this, I was like, I can't just let this one sit. So I did some Googling and she was right. So much stuff pops up. So I just kind of grabbed the first couple websites and started reading and fell down, you know, a little rabbit hole, pun intended there, and kind of got lost in the story. So I'm doing um, a short little episode for you guys with just kind of a synopsis of what I gathered from these websites. I'll put those sources in the notes of the show if y'all want to go take a deeper dive on your own. But here is what I gathered from the story of the Bunny Man. On Colchester Road in Fairfax County, according to local lore, this bridge is one of the most dangerous locations in Northern Virginia. So if you want to pop over to the socials to see the episode pictures on Facebook and Instagram, the first one is of the bridge itself. You can clearly see the no trespassing sign on it. And it's a pretty neat looking bridge. There is a paved road under it. Um, Train tracks go above it. You can't really see that in the picture. But the bridge arches over the paved road, and it's white brick, um, probably painted over from all the graffiti. But there's there's a picture. If you dare to show up at midnight on Halloween, you could very well encounter the Bunny Man. There are many urban legends from Virginia, but what sets this one apart is that it's a mix of genres. It's both ghost story and true story. The story is told by journalist Matt Blitz is that in 1904, there was an asylum not far from this bridge. Clifton residents didn't like the idea of mental patients near their new homes, so they got it shut down. And all the patients were taken by bus to Lorton Prison. Then the bus swerved and crashed, Blitz says. They were able to locate all the inmates that were on that bus, except for one. The escaped mental patient was named Douglas Griffin, It was said that he murdered fellow escapee Marcus Walster. After the crash, he disappeared. Weeks passed and rabbit corpses began appearing in the woods. Douglas was apparently eating bunnies to stay alive. This went on for a while. Then one Halloween night, a group of kids were hanging around the bridge. They reported seeing some sort of bright light or orb, Blitz says, and then in a flash, they'd all been strung up like the bunnies, gutted and hanging from this bridge. The missing mental patient was, of course, assumed to be the killer. And the rumor goes, if you come here on Halloween night at midnight, you'll end up just like those kids and those bunnies, Blitz says. The written version of the tale is titled The Clifton Bunny Man and signed by Timothy C. Forbes, Virginia, and was posted on a website called Castle of Spirits around 1999. The story ends with a challenge for the reader to check with the Clifton Town Library for verification of the facts. This is hard to believe for several reasons. For one, there was never an asylum in Clifton. Lorton Prison didn't come into existence until 1910. 
and even then it was connected to the District of Columbia Correction System, not Virginia's. Neither Griffin nor Walster appeared in the court records of Fairfax County. Also, 1904 was an early time for buses to be on the roads. Lastly, there is not and never has been a Cliftontown library, but it's been said that every urban legend is based on a bit of truth. Versions of the story from the 80s generally involve one to three victims, usually children. The earliest versions dating back to the 70s did not mention any deaths at all. These earliest versions mention vandalism or couples parked at secluded Lover's Lane type locations being assaulted by an individual dressed in a white bunny costume. Brian Conley is an archivist for the Fairfax County government. In the 90s, he worked for the county's library system as a historian. People were constantly asking if the bunny man was real. We simply got tired of having to say, I don't know, Conley says. So he began his research and found what he calls the Bunny Man Legends Genesis event. Here's what he discovered. In 1970, a couple was parked in a driveway not far from the train overpass when they had a terrifying encounter. Someone appeared very quickly, yelled something having to do with trespassing, and threw a hatchet at the car. They did not get a very good look at the person. All they really got was dressed in white or light-colored clothing and may or may not have had something on his head. When the story made the papers that something on his head became bunny ears. From there, Conley says, the story quickly formed. So here's how that encounter goes. One night in October of 1970, Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett was driving with his fiancée in Northern Virginia. They stopped on the 5400 block of Guinea Road in Fairfax near his uncle's house, and they were sitting in their car when things started to get weird. A man dressed in white, supposedly with bunny ears, came out of the darkness. He began to scream at the couple that they were on private property, that he was going to report them to the police, and that he'd gotten their license plate number. What was truly alarming is what happened next. The man hurled a hatchet right through the windshield of the car, nearly hitting the pair. They quickly sped off to a police station, hatchet still in the car. Bennett recalls helping pull bits of broken glass out of his date's hair as they explained to the police what had happened. The police later began looking for the man, but they couldn't find anyone suspicious in the area. After they filed a police report, they were able to keep the hatchet as a dark souvenir, a reminder of what they lived through. Okay, that's it's so odd to me that the police let them keep the hatchet. And it's kind of odd to me that they actually wanted to keep it, but to each his own. I do have a picture of the hatchet. If you want to go over to social media and take a look at that. So they had it mounted on a board. And there's like a little engraved plate underneath it. And a newspaper article about the event attached to the board. So, um... That's their reminder of their bunny man encounter. Many think the ghost of Douglas Griffin is what attacked the couple that October night. There is another police report that mentions the bunny man. Ten days later, so ten days after the encounter with Bennett and his fiance, right around Halloween, a construction company near the area became the bunny man's new stomping grounds. A security guard named Paul Phillips was on duty when he came across a man dressed in black and gray with bunny ears, similar to the initial report from the couple. He was vandalizing a house, and when Phillips approached, the oddly dressed man is reported to have said, All you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you in the head. 
This man seemed to really have issues with people trespassing, even if he was the one destroying other people's property. Again, when the police went to look for him, they didn't turn up much. But once that story hit the papers, the floodgates opened. The Fairfax County Police got over 50 reports from people who had claimed to see the bunny man. I personally think that the whole uh, construction site thing was like a copycat situation. I don't think that would be the same the same person that threw the hatchet. But um, y'all tell me. Leave a comment on the episode post and let me know what you think. Soon, kids were telling stories about a man in a bunny suit chasing kids through the woods with a hatchet. The version journalist Matt Blitz heard involved a guy eating bunnies. Like any urban legend, as the story is told from one person to another, details change and events are embellished. Even now, this legend still lives on in infamy. According to local lore, you can still see the spirit of the initial victims and the bunny man at the bridge, specifically on Halloween night. If you go there on October 31st, believers say you will find a group of kids near the bridge having a good time the way they supposedly did in life. They all leave a few minutes before midnight before a more sinister spirit appears. Then you will see rabbits near the bridge signaling his coming. At midnight exactly, he will appear under the bridge and his soul will glow brightly, blinding you. If you don't run at this point, he may kill you, slashing you the same way he did his victims in decades past. Unfortunately, the popularity of the Bunny Man myth has made it a hot spot for paranormal investigators and curious kids. This is incredibly problematic since the train tracks above the bridge are still live and the bridge is so narrow that it's difficult to move out of the way if a car were to come. This can lead to injuries and even deaths, even if they aren't directly at the Bunny Man's hands. Because of this, especially around Halloween, please keep a very close watch on the bridge They set up checkpoints on nearby roads, turning away any kids or enthusiasts who are headed to check out the bridge. This has led to suspicions and conspiracy theories, but it's really meant to keep people from being hit by cars and trains. In fact, it is flat out illegal to trespass on the train tracks there, as posted signs confirm. So it's best you stay away, not just to avoid the possible ghosts, but also to avoid the actual police. For more than 25 years, stories of the Bunny Man were kept alive. Today, the Bunny Man legend has traveled far beyond Fairfax County. There are Bunny Man t-shirts, Bunny Man beer, and a Bunny Man horror movie franchise. One famous cult science fiction horror film took some inspiration from the story, Donnie Darko. Love this movie. The film takes place in a Virginian suburb, and while the creator Richard Kelly mentions the novel Watership Down as an inspiration for writing the story, part of it is also from the Bunny Man myth. After all, Frank is a rather mysterious and sinister character and wears a large, distressing rabbit costume. So if you hop over to the notes, I've got a picture of Frank. And it freaks me out every time I look at it. It's a very sinister looking bunny costume. And surely that's not what the bunny man wears. As Conley's research on the true story of the bunny man has circulated online, some refuse to believe he's telling the truth. There are some people out there that are convinced that the story, as it is told, is true, Conley says, and that myself and Fairfax County are trying to cover something up. I myself don't believe that Conley or the county are trying to cover anything up. I think that this is just a a classic urban legend. It was just something that evolved from... 
maybe one or two smaller events that people started connecting together. Maybe there was a car crash at some point that evolved into a bus crash that evolved into it being mental patients. Maybe they were finding animal carcasses in the woods and couldn't explain it. And maybe somebody really did think that Bennett and his fiance were trespassing on their land and throw a hatchet at their car. And all of these events just started getting connected together. Regardless what it is, I really found it to be an interesting story. I love urban legends. I love where they come from and how they evolve. And this is one that I hadn't heard of. So thank you, Nicole, for sending that email in. If you have a story that you want to tell, you can email it in to odditiesandcuriositiespod at gmail.com. Or you can send it to us through Facebook or Instagram. Our messages are open on there. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're getting ready to mail out the prizes for the cryptid winners soon. So if that is you, <laughs> please send us your shipping address so we can get that to you, get your prizes to you. And I guess that's it. We'll talk at you next week. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.